Little did you know you are strong, smart, insightful, beautiful, hilarious, loyal, and loved. The podcast you need to navigate your 20s. Little did you know with Shelby Eastwood. here we are oh my gosh I'm tired though um I know I said I was not gonna release an episode today because it's a holiday in Canada it's Victoria Day or my two-four weekend or where I am may run don't ask me why but I figured what better way to spend your Monday off Monday holiday than listening to another episode so here we are we're back at it again um I just love long weekends I just remember honestly like everyone remembers like their May 2-4 weekend or their May long weekend it's like first time you go on the lake the first time you get your fishing rods out first time like like you have your big barbecues and what have you but it's actually been cold and rainy here um only like 10 degrees celsius 12 I think the highest was like this weekend was like 15 so literally just a lot of sleeping Netflix and chilling um and Netflix and chilling did I just say that (laughs) Netflix watching, I mean, yeah, (laughs) and hanging out with the doggos, just literally counting down the days till June 24th when we're done, Uh, but I'm super excited because our guest today is uh, in her 20s, which is super exciting because we don't get many 20-year-olds for a show that talks about our 20s, we don't get many 20-year-olds, and she reached out to me, um, and asked if she could be on the show and so I'm super excited to talk to her she's actually here so let's go get her hi Sarah how are you I'm good how are you I'm good thank you thanks for meeting with me I know we've rescheduled a couple times (laughs) yeah well thank you for having me like always happen so I understand right so first I got rear-ended and then my pipe burst in my basement and that literally went on for like probably till like 10 o'clock at night that night oh god I knew I was like she needs to reschedule (laughs) well because then like it was coming out of like like in the basement it was everywhere and it was like a good probably like two inches of water and then we go into the closet and it's coming out of the light so it was really coming out of the unit upstairs and our landlord was like not here because I guess they work like far away so he wasn't here and so it was just we were literally a hot mess but (laughs) I remember I just like came on the meet with you and I was like I my pipe burst I have to go (laughs) you'll be like I'll be back in 20 minutes and I'm like no (laughs) well I appreciate your flexibility um where are you anyway um I am located in North Carolina oh that's cool so like are we are we the same time zone then I'm in Eastern. Okay, me too, me too. Me too, me too. Okay. (laughs) I'm like uh, Toronto time zone. So, yeah, Eastern time zone still too. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Do you guys get cold there? Um, Today it was actually beautiful. It was like 75 degrees and sunny, and it just felt like summer outside. Mm. So you guys guys don't get snow there then? Um, Well, so I moved here in July, so I'm very new to North Carolina. Where'd you grow up? But no, we get snow. We don't get too much snow, though. But um, I'm from Long Island, New York. Oh, okay. You don't have a Long Island, New York accent, though. 
I think it's kind of diminished because I went to school in New Hampshire and then I lived in Massachusetts and now I'm in North Carolina. So just, I'm like all over the just place. Just everywhere. That's funny. Um, yeah. Tell me about your story though. Like what, what do you do? Tell me everything. Yeah. So my story is kind of chaotic right now in my life. So I guess, I guess I'll tell you kind of what's going on in my yeah. life right now. So I will go back to like November so in November, beginning of December, I um, dropped out of my graduate school program with a semester left. Oh my gosh. Yes, which was a huge decision. And I didn't just wake up one morning and was like, yeah, I'm done. I like it was, I thought about it for a long time, but I ultimately made the decision to drop out of my graduate program with one semester because I just, it did not fit me. It no longer was like aligning with what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I just knew I couldn't be in that environment anymore. Yeah. So I ended up making the decision to leave my grad program. And for the past, since December, I've been on just a path of like healing and reconnecting with who I am on like the soul level of like, who is Sarah? Because I guess that's something I never really knew who I was for the longest time. I was always just like a sister, a student, a girlfriend. Like it was never like, who am I? Yeah. So I've been on like such a soul searching journey since then, which I'm very grateful for. And I'm very glad I took the risk. It was a scary risk because it's like I've been in school since I was little. And now I'm 25 and I just dropped out. (laughs) What was your and now I have what now was, I have all these loans. So it's like what was, was your what was your what was your graduate program? Um I was going to be a school psychologist. Okay, so yeah, that's a lot of work. Yeah, it was a lot of work and I just realized that I wasn't able to do what I actually wanted to do in the school system. I wanted to have an impact in just the way schools run. I just wasn't able to do that yeah. and I just knew that I I was meant for more than just being shoved in a random closet as my office facts I'm, I'm a teacher trying to see students yeah we don't even have a school psychologist at our schools we have um in Canada their CYC so child and youth counselors I'm not sure if that's like okay. the same kind of thing um where you are but I, and they do the same kind of job I guess um but yeah so we yeah. so in uh the United States we have school psychologists I know I think it's a law now that like all schools are starting to have to have one but, like, there obviously isn't enough yeah. school psychologists to kind of go around. And so you're some, right. They like, just kind of, like, shove them in a corner and be like, here, you can have yeah, here. Yeah, there's, like, no, there's no space for them. It was not a position for yeah. the longest time. So it's, like, now it is a position and they have nowhere to fit them. Yeah, yeah. So what are you doing now, then? How, would, how have you, um, how have you, right con- now, have you, how have you continued your finding who Sarah is? Um. So right now I... I'm starting a new job next week. Um, I'm going to be working for a mental health app. Nice. Um, so I'm excited about that. And it's definitely way different than what I've been like doing, like as school psychology yeah. wise. Um, I'll be working with such a different population. It'll be like adults, which is not what I'm used to, but I'm really excited about that. Um, but the finding Sarah journey has just been a roller coaster yeah. of just like emotions and just, trying new things and just really putting myself out there I realized that like I have been yearning for a community and trying to like build connections with other people so that's kind of what I've been trying to do um and also just trying to find myself which I definitely I'm getting an understanding of really who I am yeah 
and that like the old Sarah, she was a people pleaser and like, she just wanted to make sure everyone else was okay and never worried about herself. And now I'm just, I'm recovering from all the years of not taking care of myself. And I've just like re-fallen in love with myself. And that's just something I preach to everybody is like, you need to love yourself. Like there's only one you, you go to bed with yourself, you wake up with yourself. (laughs) Like you need to be, you need to be your best friend. Like It's true. It's true. So like, give me some examples of things you've done. Oh, okay. Um, Well, I started my podcast. That is something new. Um... I was doing YouTube for a little bit. I was trying to make like cooking videos and also talk on them. Like I was trying to like feed your body and then feed your mind with like some good conversation. But that was so much work. And I was like trying to do a podcast and doing that and like also trying to like heal and do all the other work that I was like, I have to put that to rest right now. But I low-key really like, because as a, since I was a kid, I always wanted to be on Food Network. Like I would be in my parents' kitchen at like seven cooking eggs talking to myself like I was like <laughs> had the camera crew everywhere but obviously they were not there so like I was trying to like do that I was like I'm gonna recreate my childhood dream of being on Food Network and it just it was so much work. that's so funny <laughs> but um that was like I mean it was fun while I did it yeah. but it just was so much work and so much time um I've been reading a lot of books I've been working out more something I used to like, I tried to work out for like the longest time for years and I just could never stick to a routine. Like I would do it for like two weeks and then I would give up. I'm like, this is stupid. Like I see no results. And like my mind was just not in the right space. Like, yeah. And then once you kind of get in like the right mindset of like, all right, I'm working out because I want to be healthy. Like I'm not doing it to change my body. Like I love who I am. Mm -hmm. I want to work out just because I like, I want to, and I've been able to be in a routine and do that. Like I don't work out every day. I think I work out like three to four times a week, but I like enjoy it. Yeah. And like, you don't like dread going out. I find too, it it really matters like where you go. Cause like you, obviously there's like so many different gyms. You can do it at home. You can do YouTube videos. Like there's so many different ways you can do it. And I feel like it, like where you go and like the atmosphere that you're in really impacts your mindset towards working out as well. Oh yeah. So I was, I work out at home now and I have fallen in love with working out at home. Yeah. Like, I don't think I can ever go back to a gym ever again just because I've fallen so in love with it. But like I was working out at Planet Fitness and I didn't mind it, but just yeah, it was there was not enough like weightlifting equipment and things like that. But I've fallen in love with working out at home. And I honestly literally use like four pieces of equipment. Oh, wow. And I get like such a solid routine in. Nice. Do you, do you follow like YouTube videos or do you make it up like make up your own routines? Um... I'll like, I follow some accounts on Instagram that like post like fitness yeah. videos and I'll just watch them and I'll just like take things from different people, like just throw them into a routine that's, and I found that to work awesome. out Awesome. What's your, what's your favorite book you're reading right now? My favorite book? Well, I just started, um, the trauma, uh, the body keeps score. Okay. I don't know if you've heard no. of it. It's basically about like trauma and how the body like stores that into you and like how like it can impact your behaviors the way that you re like relate to people and like certain things like that and also like how like you can forget about your trauma and you're acting from it but you have no idea that that has happened and it just talks about like all the science of trauma and things like that I feel like I need to read that I feel like I need to read that I tend to like I have a bunch of nonfiction books on my shelf, but I tend to gravitate towards like fictional and like thrillers or romance stuff just to kind of like distract your mind. And I feel like that helps me a lot, yeah. but I, I need to do more 
nonfiction ones. Like I have that one, um, but what's her name? The girl wash your face one. I have both of those. Have you read those ones yet? I have not read those. The, by Rachel Hollis, I think it is. I've heard of them, but I have uh, not read yeah, those. Yeah, no, I haven't read them either. They're on my shelf. They're like, I got like a pile like this high of books I got to get to. But that one sounds really good. I want to get that one now. Um, yeah, it's so good. I love to read. I like, try, I'm trying to like read like one book a month. I'm trying or two, depending. But sometimes like, I think I have three books open right now. Oh, Just yeah. because I'm like, oh, I want to read this, but I also want to read this. <laughs> um, have you read the, um, do you know Col- Colleen Hoover? Uh, do you have a title of her book? I'm so bad. There's lots. There's, it ends with us, um, is a big one right now. It's like all over TikTok and stuff and Instagram. Um, Is that the one with the, uh, like the flower? Yeah, it's pink. Yeah. Yeah. I have not read that, but I'm seeing that everywhere. Oh my God. (laughs) You need to read it. And then we need to chat again because, okay, I love to read too. I'm such a nerd. And now you've got me on this book rant, but out of every single book I've ever read, and there's lots of really good ones I've read, that is the only book that has ever literally made me shed a tear at the end of it. Is it fiction? Yes, it's fiction. Okay. But it's apparent, but it's based on her like story and her childhood, I guess. Okay. And what is it called again? It ends with us. Okay. And then there's apparently there's a prequel coming out in October to that book. So you have to read this one before the one in October comes out. But okay. I swear to God, like everybody who I know has been reading it, I'm like, wait till you get to the last 50 pages and you're going to cry. And I don't cry in books and it made me cry. So oh like it's and I haven't even seen it. I just know because like my little sister, she sends me like all these TikTok reels about the book. And she's like, did this actually yeah. happen? I'm like, you got to finish it. You got to finish it. I'm like, she's like, did you actually cry? I'm like, yeah, you got to finish it. Like, <laughs> yeah. So are you like the kind of person that cries in movies too? No. Or like TV shows? No. Nope. It's really hard for me to, to like, it's, it's, that's, it's hard for me to get there. And so that's the only book that's ever made me, I actually sat there and cried and I was like, oh, like I was choked up. I was like, wow, what is happening to me? Yeah. <laughs> so I definitely would have to buy a box of tissues because I'm like the person who's like watching the show just like tears Okay. So then you're gonna literally going to ball for this book then. Like actually. Great. <laughs> yeah. Get on, get on that one. That one was really good. Um. Oh, okay. I definitely will have to get into that. Yeah. Um, how did, uh, how did you find your mental health kind of shifted after you quit graduate school? (laughs) Quick. I say quick graduate school, like you quit a job. (laughs) Um, I mean, I technically did because I was getting paid for my internship. So I did quit my income. Um, so I feel like mental health has been something I've dealt with since I was a kid. Like, when I was 18, I was like a depressed, suicidal kid. Like I oh my gosh. wanted to die. Um, and then I kind of, I worked through that probably around like the age of like 20 is kind of when like I started to really work on my mental health yeah. and kind of go through it. I was not deep in fostering any kind of self-love or anything like that, but I kind of was just like, Actually, you know what? That's a lie. I really didn't start working on my mental health until like the age of 22. Um, Because I was in college and just I feel like I don't know how your college experience was, but unfortunately, I just binge drank and I like I'm being honest. Like it was like I just 
that was like the thing at my college. It was just like the party scene. And like, I just wanted to fit in. And I like, that's, I always was the person who wanted to fit in. Yeah. I just wanted to be liked and I kind of did what others would do. So I would fit in. And obviously by doing that, I never connected with actually who I was and like the right crowd. Um, I mean, I have made like the best friends from college, but there were times where it was just like, Sarah, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and then I really began working on my mental health when I graduated from college and, um, I moved out of my parents' house and I moved to Massachusetts for my graduate program. Um, and I don't think I've ever really talked about like working through my mental health, um, which is something that I'm working on because I'm like a perfectionist and yeah. I was like, no one know my flaws. Oh, hundred percent. Me too. It's like, this is new for me. So now I'm like trying to back that. Um, <laughs> But I feel like the way I was really able to help foster my mental health was I got, I began to get really close with my aunt and uncle and like, they just like were such a great support system for me that like, they allowed me to kind of like go inside to be like, all right, this is what's going on. And like, that just helped me flourish yeah, and to work on it. And now my mental health has been great. Like going through grad school and making the decision to quit my grad program, like that was a hard decision. But yeah. like I knew that like I wasn't happy and like I have to do this for myself in yeah. order to see what else is out there. Like I don't feel right right now. And I know if I graduated and went into this position, I would still feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I would feel burnt out, anxious all the time, waking up being like, I don't want to go. Like, there were so many times I would wake up in the morning and be like, fuck, I don't want to do this. Like, yeah. I, I can't get out of bed. Like, I felt like there was a hand on my head just pushing my head into the pillow to be like, nope, you're not getting up today. And I had to push through it. Yeah. And I was able to cope and by working out and reading and just like really feeling my emotions. Because yeah. for the longest time as a kid, I never felt my emotions. I shoved everything down. And I would just explode Same. at certain points. Like someone would poke me the wrong way and I would explode. And like, oh God, what's wrong with her? Yeah. And like, I've been able to just really work through my emotions. And that's something that's really helped me because of my childhood and not being able to feel my emotions and really pushing them down. Cause I was never taught how to regulate my emotions, which I feel like a lot of people don't even know how to regularly regulate their emotions. Like I'm 25 and I'm just figuring out how to regulate my emotions. I feel like you're the American version of me. <laughs> like I literally spoke with my therapist on Saturday and um, I tur- I went from like zero to a hundred like the day before, like huge blow up, huge anxiety attack. And I was like, maybe I'm bipolar. She's like, no, you just don't, aren't very good at regulating your emotions. And you're saying this and I feel like, hey, you're me. <laughs> you're the yeah. redheaded American version of me. <laughs> it's hard though like you're right especially like when we're so used to pushing it down and especially if we've grown up like I don't know about you but I've I grew up um, my parents divorced when I was five but my mom's house it was very much like emitting that perfect household kind of image you know what I mean like everything's perfect like you're you do great at school you do all these activities it makes it look like we make we have a lot of money you know what I mean like it was that whole kind of idea and so whenever something bad happened she would either just like make us lie about it or like not tell our dad or or 
like mm. just show up to school with a smile like oh you'd better not rip your pants because or like get grass stains on your knees because that's gonna ruin our perfect image like something as stupid as that you know what i mean so i think as you grow up in that kind of admin environment as we hit our 20s we don't know any better like yeah that's really hard because it's like as children we don't know life like we yeah. don't know like the world we were like we rely on our parents and like our supports and the adults around us to be like this is what it means like this is what this means and this yeah. is what this means but it's like if they didn't get what they needed growing up we're just getting their distorted meaning on life and then we take it on and then we either continue to live that way or like we have that aha moment of like this is not right like why am i feeling like this yeah so it's just it's crazy how like our childhood plays so much and it doesn't get talked about. No, no. one warns you about your 20s. No, literally. Like, no one is like, hey, like, you might want to start preparing when you're, like, 15 for a fucking roller coaster to happen. Because everybody just tells us about high school. Like, they're just like, oh, high school this, high school that, high school's for your future. Like, grade 11, grade 12, like, yes. that's the most important part. And then, like, once you graduate high school and you're, like, thrown into it, you're like, ah, fuck. <laughs> yeah, no one tells you. And I also feel like your 20s, like, when you're 20... You're like still a baby. Oh yeah. Child. Oh yeah. And then like now I'm 25 and I'm like, I don't really know where I'm at. And then third, like when I get to closer to 30, I'm going to be like, what is this? Like, I'm going to be such a totally different person. Like the Sarah at 20 to Sarah now is two different people. I might look like her, but like (laughs) personality wise, two totally different people. hundred percent. I'm only 20, I'm only 27. It hasn't, I'm only 27. It hasn't changed much from 25 to 27. So (laughs) we might I don't know no one warns you right like no like you're just kind of thrown into like if you're lucky enough knock on wood like you're thrown into a career like I was thrown into my teaching job at 23 23 like you said you're basically still a baby right and I'm dealing with like all these parents and I have to be professional and like cops are getting called on students and like all of these and I'm just like what the fuck is going on where am I what am I doing it's almost like that imposter syndrome right Oh god, I suffer from imposter syndrome so badly. That is like something that I fight on the daily basis. Yeah. Of like that like little voice in your head like, hmm, "Are you sure you can do that?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Yes, I can do it." Like yeah. it's such a constant battle. 100%. Yeah. Um and that that comes from like my perfectionist growing oh, yeah. up. Like I always had to be perfect. Like I literally in high school I didn't wear sweats. Like, I same, literally dressed same. up every single day. I was the girl who wore fucking high heels to school. Like, <laughs> put the 545 to shower, put on a whole face of makeup. Like, I was dressed up for school. Like, I didn't I didn't buy or wear my first pair of yoga pants until I was 18 and in college. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I never wore, I never wore sweatpants or yoga pants in school either. Like, I'm trying to think. No. No. And I played every sport and you still showed up to school dressed up like. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. What was the um, did you have any like negative? I want to say drawbacks. Drawbacks is not the right, right word. Like um, what did your parents say when you told them you're dropping out of school? Um, my mom was supportive. OK, my that's mom good. Knew that, like I, she was not going to be able to change my mind. Yeah. 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 Uh, my dad was like, hey, but you have one semester left. Like can't you just push through like and then you'll graduate and then you'll have this degree and then you'll have this title and like look at all the money that you spent and all this and I'm like no (laughs) I am worth my mental health and me is more important than a degree 
and 75 letters behind my name. Like, yes, I have so much debt, but I know it's going to work out because life is like as like wild of a ride and dysfunctional my life has been. It's always worked out. Yeah. Like maybe it hasn't worked out the way I thought it was going to, but it's always worked out. You know, we, we always find a way. Like sometimes you just like have to surrender to life and just like let life happen. The more we resist, the more complicated we make it. 100%. Like I've noticed that when I just like surrender and let life happen, it just flows by and I'm like, oh, that really wasn't so bad. <laughs> that's like what I'm learning to do is just to surrender. And like, especially like with this whole healing process, I've had like a lot of like days where I'm like, I'm depressed. Yeah. Like what is going on? And it's a lot of stuff that I, I like buried as a child. Like that's now coming through because I'm allowing myself to feel it. And like, there's days I'm like, I can't get out of this. Like my head is like in the sand and then yeah. I'm just like, I need to surrender. Yeah. And I surrender and I, I feel slightly better. And like, it just gets easier as the days go on. Mm-hmm. No, hundred percent. And I think there was something I was talking to my students about this actually. And cause like they're old enough, they're 12. But when we didn't get talked about that in school and yeah. we were talking about, uh, I talk about mental health with them a lot. And there was one, we watched a Ted talk actually about a, a girl in grade 10. And she was talking about how, kids deserve mental health days too and in her little ted talk thing she was talking about how her mom lets her have two mental health days a semester as long as she keeps her grades up um and like attend school and all that stuff she's allowed to have two mental health days a semester she's being anxious or nervous or stressed or whatever and we were watching it and the, and my students were like oh my god and i'm like guys as a teacher we have like 11 sick days I don't get sick very often do i use my my sick days quote unquote for mental health days absolutely Technically, you guys should be like you guys earn that too. Like you, everybody feels this, and nobody talks about it or gives you the opportunity to kind of feel your feelings or surrender to it if you're feeling anxious. If like if you just need a day, take a day. You know what I mean? And it, yeah. if if they don't, it affects their their day in the classroom and it affects them at school and like their relationships at school and stuff. And so you were saying that, and it just reminds me of that TED talk because I feel like that's something that everybody can kind of do like everybody should be taking mental health days from when you start kindergarten if you need it all the way till you retire like absolutely uh, yeah I feel like I that I mean even taking like a sick day like obviously I'm not working right now but like when I was in my internship or when I was working a job like it was always the hardest to take that day for myself even though I knew because you feel guilty Sarah Sarah now would take the day but like (laughs) then like I would be like I can't do that like I'm they're all counting on me like yeah I need to be there yeah and like it was like that imposter syndrome yeah. of like really you're gonna take the day like you're that weak like you can't handle this like if you can't handle this then you're not gonna handle anything else in life yeah and I'm like can you shut up <laughs> just let me take the damn so, day yeah, I totally understand that and I think that is something kids need to learn at such yeah. a young age because it's like if they don't learn it now they're gonna unless they like figure it out in their adulthood they're not going to know they're just going to burn themselves out and i feel like burnout has become such a big thing and it's like people don't like that's something i didn't see like i didn't see the early signs of burnout when i reflected back on like my burnout i was like oh yeah i should have saw that and Mm -hmm. i should have intervened earlier but i didn't because i i pushed through because i had to push through like yeah mental health doesn't get the light it deserves like it's it's just as important as your physical health like you can eat all this great food and work out and do all that but if your brain and your mental health isn't okay and at least at like a baseline homeostasis 
you're not going to be healthy because that's always going to be there impacting you. Like people, I feel like don't know how important your mental health is. Like, it's not just like your thoughts, like there's chemicals going on yep. there that are getting shot into your body. Like, it's, like a, doing it's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I felt because I also have an autoimmune condition and I'm like trying to balance my hormones. And I definitely fully believe that my mental health and the stress that I held on to for the longest time plays a role in that diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely fully believe that that is one of the causes of my autoimmune yeah. condition. Yeah. Um, let's take a quick break and then I want to talk about relationships in our 20s. <laughs> okay. okay. Something that I find crazy. I don't even know if crazy. I don't even know the word. I'm not very good at articulating today. Um, like interesting also when we're in our 20s is relationships because I feel like your 20s are a weird time. Either everybody you know is married or getting married or getting engaged or everybody's still partying or like sleeping around and you're just kind of here in the middle. <laughs> like, or is that just me? Like, I feel like those, those are the three extremes that people are in in their 20s. I honestly was reflecting on that before we even came on. I was like, your 20s are so weird. Like at 20, you're like drinking or maybe you're not drinking, but you're just like, you're still a child. Yeah. And then 25 people are either, like you said, partying or just like doing whatever. You're either in a serious relationship or you're married and have children. And then 29 to 30 is just like, hopefully, I don't even know what life is going to look like. But I feel like it's such a spectrum of where people are. And it's like, I don't even know where I fall on that spectrum. Like I, I'm in a relationship, um, which I feel like relationships in your 20s are so they're so hard to navigate Yeah, because I also feel like for me, I feel like sometimes the relationships that we're in, like reflect things that we need to work on in ourselves. Mm. So that's at least what I've seen in my relationship. Like I love my significant other. He's great. But sometimes I see things in him and I'm like, Oh fuck, this is another. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like there's such a delicate balance to relationships and like, being with someone yeah. I, like if you didn't grow up in a household where you knew how to communicate things with your partner or just how to have a healthy relationship you have no idea what the fuck you're doing yeah like for me I'm like I have no idea what I'm doing like how do I balance this literally like in my family they're oh god I can't maybe I can think of maybe like one really two maybe two I think an aunt and uncle Two aunt and uncles, I think, are still together. Everybody else in my family, grandparents, everybody divorced. Relationship, like, the relationship never worked. Mom and parents, my mom's been through, heck, I've had four step, three or four stepdads. I don't even know. You know what I mean? So, like, I've never seen a successful, healthy relationship. So, as you're going through that in your 20s, like, you're just like, okay, is this healthy? I don't even know. Is this one good? Is this one good? Like, is this bad? Is this a red flag? Like, what What even is this? Um, and it's it's tough. And especially, too, nowadays, like, with all the stupid dating apps, like, you don't meet somebody going through the grocery store, like, <laughs> and that's, like, yeah. so old to say, but it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you have to figure out all of that, too, through a dating app, pretty much. Oh, which is so hard because it's like you have men who just want to fuck. Guys who want to marry you after the freaking first message they send you. 
And then there's just, like, people you're not interested in, which it goes both ways. Like, they're not going to be interested in you and you're not interested in Or the in really weird, like, like, the really, really weird guys who, like, try too hard. Or there's, like, even, like, the old ones who pretend they're young. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. God. <laughs> where did you meet, where did you meet your, your boyfriend? Um, he'll tell you we met in Starbucks, but we met on Hinge. <laughs> <laughs> See? See? You make up the story. <laughs> That's okay. I remember telling my mom, she was like, oh, where did you guys meet? And I was like, Starbucks. Because <laughs> it was like, like when they meet, like, we're going to have to be on the same story. That's, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's okay. Mine. And then I, I ended up telling her, I was like, yeah, so I lied about that. <laughs> it's okay. My boyfriend and I met on Tinder, so. But that's what I mean. Like, people. that's what I mean, right? Like, after you leave university, like, that's it. That's the, that, that, like, yeah. there's nobody unless you in work, but you don't, you're not supposed to mix work with relationships. Pleasure. And, like, even yeah. as a teacher, me, like, there's barely any guy teachers. So, like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, that's tough. I feel like if you, if you don't like to drink or party, then, like, you don't really go to bars. Yeah. And, like, that's how people meet their significant others, too. Like, for me, I don't drink. So, it's like, you're not really going to find me in the bar scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also don't know if I'd want to meet my significant other in a bar drunk. I feel like that's not the way to start a relationship, but yeah, yeah. That's just my how long? How long have you guys been together? Um, we have been dating for like eight months, but we've been in each other's lives for almost three years. Oh wow! So we were in the talking stage for like two years. <laughs> in the friend zone stage for two years. <laughs> He basically friend zoned me for two years. He friend zoned you? I think so. I mean, we were like best friends, and then it just kind of happened. <laughs> well, like, that's kind of like the best ver- like way to do it because then at least you're friends first. You know what I mean? Like, you've kind yeah. of already built that foundation, yeah. I guess, per se. But I feel like there's still so many things that you don't know until you start dating and live together and all of that. Yeah. yeah like, do they I'm like oh we've been talking for two years and I did not know that (laughs) (laughs) I remember I oh I've got a bad story for you you ready for this one so my ex when we moved when we lived together I didn't know that he for example chewed his nails okay not that that's like a deal breaker for me but just I just didn't know he did that until one day I went to grab a cup and I like I literally had just used the cup okay so I just set it in the sink Literally five minutes prior, and I was like, okay, I'm still thirsty. I'm going to go get some more juice. So I just took my cup back out of the sink and poured myself oh, some more wow. juice. I'm sitting there drinking, and all of a sudden, there's like, it was mango juice. And all of a sudden, there's like a hard chunk in my mouth. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, spit the juice out back in the sink. And his fucking fingernail was in the mango juice that he had chewed off his finger and threw in the sink into my cup. And that's how I learned that he chewed his fingernails. And I was like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, no, ew, gross. But you would never drink Mandusa. Nope. <laughs> but like you'd never know unless you looked at the person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> now you gotta trade me a bad dating story for, for that one. I think you learned your lesson for not to take a drink a uh, cup out. Apparently, of the my apparently the cup I used five minutes ago is not safe anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Let me think. I don't even know a bad dating story. I don't know if this is like, this is more on me. And I feel like this is 
like the tipping point of like me getting on to my mental health journey, which I feel like is kind of relevant for what we just talked about and now like relationships. But I remember me and my ex, we met in college. We were dating in college. We dated for like two years. It was not a very healthy relationship. We were both very toxic people together. <laughs> uh, I won't blame him on all the toxicity. I definitely played a role. Um, but like we broke up like a couple times and then I would always get back together. I would always run back to him. That's hard too. Yeah, like like those on off relationships are so tricky. Yeah, I would always run back to him, and then it was like the last time we got back together, um, and he gave me a promise ring. This was during COVID. This is like right when COVID happened. He gave me a promise ring, like because we broke up, and then like we got back together, and he was like. I don't want to keep doing this anymore. Like, I love you, blah, blah, blah. He gave me a promise ring. And then the next day, fucking broke up with me. And we were, like, in a fight. And I just, like, I, like, just screamed at him. And I was like, why won't you fight for me? Like, I'm pretty sure I've yelled at that. I've yelled that, too. (laughs) But then I reflected on that. Like, I do a lot of reflection, if you can't tell. And I reflected on that. And I was like, was that me yelling? Why won't you fight for me? Like for me to fight for myself? Because I never did that, especially in that relationship. I was like, oh, my God, that was like my inner Sarah yelling it out. But it was supposed to be to me. It was never meant for him. <laughs> but I think that's like my bad dating story. Of like I got a promise ring and then got bro- broken up the next day. That's, I got I got dumped on Valentine's Day at his parents' house. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm like not one for relationships. Like I, this is my my boyfriend now is like my second serious relationship. Yeah. Like I never was. Yeah, no. The, the one I'm with is only my third, so I get that. I don't know how. Like oh, I guess, like I don't know. Like you can go both ways, I guess. Like I guess if you have tons of boyfriends throughout your twenties, like it helps you figure out who you want and and what you want out of a relationship. But like at the same time, it can also just be for fun. You know what I mean? So like it's it's yeah. tricky to navigate relationships are really hard to mm-hmm. navigate like you're like i don't know what i want and then you figure out what you want and then you're with the person you're like oh this is not the person i want or like yeah you change yeah and you're like, oh don't fit my new me like it's like yeah. how do you balance it for sure how do you make it healthy what's like, the about it. what's the best relationship advice you've ever gotten best relationship advice stop going back to your ex <laughs> fair fair yes i don't know if i've ever actually gotten relationship advice i don't think i've also asked for relationship advice fair because i don't like i don't know who has a healthy relationship and who doesn't like true they could show you something on instagram and then in the bedroom it's a totally different thing it's like yeah yeah so, i know you're actually an authentic relationship yeah something i learned um that my therapist said because like all i'm with that whole perfectionist piece that you were talking about, I'm like that too, but I also like to be in control of everything. Like my agenda will literally have everything to the hour. And if things are not following my exact schedule of the plan that I planned out, like I will freak out. And like my boyfriend's uh, family, they're all very last minute kind of things. Like I'm like, okay, so what are we doing on Friday? And he's like, I don't know. We're not going to know till like four o'clock on Friday. And I'm like, no, I got to know now. Like I have to, I have to know this to like calm my, yeah, to like calm my anxiety. And I learned, my therapist told me I'm still not very good at it, God, but she's like, you have to be able to realize that you can't control other people and you like 
only do what you can control. And so, like, I can control how my week looks Monday to Thursday. You know what I mean? But I can't control his family. I can't control him. I can't control his grandparents. And I can't control their schedule. So, like, I try to fit. I learned, okay, well, maybe I just got to rejig my schedule between Monday to Thursday when I can control that. That way it kind of alleviates the anxieties for Friday, Saturday, Sunday that I can't control. You know what I mean? So, and, like, being able to figure it out that way and control what you can control and what is theirs, keep it with them. That's something I've learned. I'm not very good at it, mind you, but it's a work, it's a yeah, work in I progress. I struggle with control. I definitely still struggle with control. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, so you want, to, you want to be able to control everything so it's consistent. Yeah. Like, that's what I've learned. Like, if you've grown up in a dysfunctional household and it, there's not a lot of consistency, you want to control everything. And that's something I've learned from my own childhood is, like, I need to control everything. And if I, if I can't, like... And then for me, that, like, also goes into, like, people-pleasing yeah. and, like, wanting to make sure they're happy. So I'm controlling that, but yep. I have no control on how they feel. Yeah, but like, you're like, if I, act, if I act this way, then I know that then I feel like they will be happy. So, like, I've done my part, but, like, are they really happy? Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, my God, they're not texting me back. Why don't they love me? Yep. Yep. <laughs> that was something in my old relationship. I would always do that. I'd be like, oh, my God, they're not answering. Like, what did I do? It was always like, what did I do? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I got one more for you. If you – I know that you're only 25, but I really want to know what your question, your, your answer is to this anyway because as we've just kind of talked about, you literally changed so much in – kind of every phase of your 20s so if you could go back and tell 20 year olds um sarah anything what would you tell her and why oh my god i just did a podcast on this like what i would tell my younger self (laughs) um i would tell younger sarah to what would i tell her i would tell her to fall in love with herself and that she is worthy and deserving of love and that she is enough who she is she does not have to please everybody she's not going to make everybody happy and that just go with the flow of life stop resisting stop trying to control everything you are not going to be perfect just let life be and just really go with the flow and embrace the little things in life yeah that's what i tell her because I was a hot mess. Like I had the worst belief in myself. I literally did not think I was enough. And like in my own mental health journey and healing, something I did that helped me, and I still have things on my mirror today. I'm always writing things on my mirror, but for at least a year on my mirror, I had, I am enough. So I would wake up every time I was in my, looking in my mirror, I would always have to read it. And like that helped me realize that I was enough like that obviously did wasn't like oh I'm enough like I read that I'm enough yeah. but like I I did the work but that also like solidified the work that I was doing yeah for myself. it's that positive like, yes, that positive affirmation piece yeah, yeah so I would just tell Sarah to love herself unconditionally because she's great like not everyone's gonna love her but that's okay Aww. be be your weird self like really yeah. show who you are like I hid from myself for so long like and now I'm actually at the age of 25, I'm finally me. Yeah. Like I would love people to know just to be themselves. Like quirks, quirks people people are always going to judge. Yeah. Oh yeah. Always. And like their judgments are more coming from their own insecurities and their own shit. Like it's not even about you. Yeah. Like if someone was like, Oh my God, she's so ugly. Like they're talking about themselves. Like, cool. Call me ugly. I don't care. Like, 
I know who I am. I'm sorry that you feel like you have to say that. Like, don't say sorry. That's a Canadian. Feel, that's a, that's a, that's a Canadian thing. Don't say sorry. <laughs> You're like, no, that's your problem. <laughs> it sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know that like we don't really know each other. Obviously, we just met for our show, the show here today. But um, I'm really proud of all the work you've done the last couple of years and how you got this far already and only in your mid twenties and. And I'm really proud of that. And I hope that you can just keep continuing being you and keep making sure that everybody else knows that you're great. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> that is like something that they don't talk about. Yeah. Even in life, like you, you can start over whenever you would like. Yeah. Like you don't have to be like, I'm 25 and I'm starting over. If I was 35 and I had to start over, start over. Yep. Like life is not guaranteed. Yeah. Like. I could die in an hour from now. Like, I at least want to die and be myself and yeah. not, like, get on my deathbed and be like, fuck, I should have done that. Like, <laughs> start over. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay not to know what's going to happen. But you'll figure it out. Like, you'll, it. you'll figure it out. Yeah. Something always happens and it always works out. Yeah. I love that. Um, where can my listeners and everybody find you? Um, I have a podcast. It is the Be Your Light podcast. I'm on Spotify and Apple. And I am also on Instagram at healing. What is my Instagram? Give <laughs> me one second. I feel like um, I tried to find I, you on Instagram and I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, healing with Sarah Tyler. I'm gonna shoot you a follow. That is my Instagram. I don't have Twitter, so I'm not. I'm not that cool. I don't tweet. <laughs> the only thing I tweet is every single. I'm. I made a list. What did you say? Healing with sarah tyler oh i found it um the only thing i tweet is really funny is i decided to make a new year's resolution to make a list of every single book i read this year so i take a picture of it and i rate it at a 10 and i make like a thread on twitter so it's like my personal little like bloggy thingy of what book i read and what so like at the end in december i'm gonna have like this giant ass list of books i read i'll be like oh wow i can't believe i did that so that's, oh, that's awesome. Also, that. I, today I made this decision. If you would like to join, you totally can. I'm creating a book club. Yes, I love reading. Yes, personal, de- personal development. Yes. If any of your listeners want to join, they can find it on my Instagram. I'm gonna have more information on it. But I'm doing a book club. Yes. For personal development and creating a community of people that just want to support each other and grow and have deep conversations. I want and, to like, join. Be authentically you. I literally had um, an episode where I was talking about. I was talking about something and I was like, I don't have enough friends to have a book club. <laughs> oh my God. I don't either. Like, okay, cool. I just, it's just like anyone can join anyone in the world. If you have friends that would like to join, like it's open. I'm going to start it in like April-ish because yeah. I just came up with the idea today, but like 2022 for me, my intention is community and connection. And I love to read, and I'm obsessed with personal development and just growing. So I thought that would be a great opportunity. And like, I feel like healing and growing is such a lonely journey. Mm-hmm. So like, why not create a community for people to do it and not feel so alone? I love so. that. Sign me up. I've already followed you, so sign me okay. up. I will like I will send you all of the information. <laughs> and if anyone else listening wants to join. They could totally join as well. Definitely. So and I will, whenever you post it, I will also share it on my page too. So that way everybody can, everybody who loves to yeah. read can join us. Um, but thank you for taking time 
and chatting with me. We're going to keep in touch, obviously, because I'm going to be part of your book club now. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> um, but I really appreciate it. And we'll chat soon. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Okay. I love all my guests, but there is something about talking with another 20-year-old that just makes everything feel more relatable. Like, what you're going through right now, you don't feel alone. You know what I mean? And, like, because there's somebody else our age who's doing that exact same thing. It's great to hear about the wisdom that other people who have been through it kind of impart on us and their advice. But it's also really great to hear somebody who's actually going through the same struggles we are. Which is awesome, which is why I love talking to Sarah and having her share her story. Um, because we all go through these crazy phases and times in our lives where like we up and we uproot something, we move, we change career paths, we do something scary and hearing from somebody who's going through it right now is awesome and super inspiring. So I hope you all were able to take something out of that and don't be afraid to share your story. Even if you're still going through it, even if you're still struggling with it, heck I am, I'm still here. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's share your story. Don't be scared to do so because you never know who you're going to help in the process. Um, but I'm going to go enjoy the last day of my long weekend and you guys are going to all carry on with your days. So we'll see you all next week. (laughs) 